Every life has a story, and every story is worth sharing. Your story, my story, and our story speak of victory and defeat, joy and sorrow, resilience and vulnerability. They are not just our story, they are Christ's story in us. They are Kingdom Stories from Down Under. Every time I meet somebody new, I want to find out more and more things about them. Uh, I was in a gathering with many other pastors and I've seen a new man in the room, someone that I wasn't familiar with, acquainted with. So I made the effort to say hi, get to know him a little bit, and I found out that we had a lot more in common than we knew. Uh, he was moving, he was coming to Western Australia to take over a church uh, that was going through a transition. From Tasmania, he was coming across to, to this amazing ministry and I wanted to find out more about him, about his heart for the nation, and also to invite him to come and speak uh, at our church as well. With me in the studio tonight is Richard Guy from Tasmania, but now from Western Australia. Welcome to the show. It's good to be here. You're still from Tasmania or you're from oh, WA now? I think, it, yeah, it's, I, I, I get confused. People yeah. ask me where I'm from and I don't know where to say I'm from. So when you're in Tassie, you say you're from WA? Yeah, well, yeah that's right, and vice versa. Are your kids here with you or they're still in? They're still in Hobart. Yeah. Hobart, yeah. And yeah. We, we would hope, unless God has a different idea, to eventually go back there um, and and transition into a new role. and More of apostolic yeah, kind of role. Yeah, yeah. So you're raising up people in both places? Yeah, well, we're, we're hoping to raise up people for more places. Amen. We, we really want to get into planning churches, so... Um, so the church is called Velocity? Yeah. And Velocity means? It means uh, momentum in a purposeful direction. And so we link So it's already gathered, the momentum yeah, yeah. is gathered. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All you had to do is now direct, direct it. it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Direct it. Um, mind you, when we first started out, we didn't have momentum. Um, but so you just had good. speed. <laughs> well, I don't even think we had speed. If there was any speed, it might have been a snail's pace. But still moving. You know, God has moved and, and been faithful, and we're just seeing yeah increased momentum. And so people who come to Velocity, they get Velocity miles. We would hope. <laughs> I've got Velocity miles, and they're hard to use. <laughs> well, with the flights across the Nullarbor now, um, I think they're resuming. They're coming back to they are, uh, some they sort are. of a normal. Yeah, quite expensive at the moment. Though. Will there ever be a flight from Perth to Hobart? There has been. There has yeah, been. I think that currently there is. On it changes all the time. It goes from um, direct flights to then no direct flights, and the different carriers swap it around. So they should do a Hobart uh, Auckland or something. Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> we good. Yeah, that'd be good. Nice, nice. And when's the last time you've been to Hobart? Just Three weeks um, a week ago. A week ago. Yeah, so, so you go via Melbourne, of course. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was a um, great trip. Um, we've just transitioned leaders. So it's a trip now for you. It's a trip to. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, a trip to it's not going home. <laughs> well, we we have a grandson there, so um, and our daughter's there and son-in-law, and um, it's funny even to say it that way. You know, <laughs> so we you, used to say one daughter, daughter and son-in-law there. One daughter, uh, one child. Uh, no, two. I got a son in Melbourne. Okay. So we used to say, you know, our, our daughter and son-in-law still live in Hobart, but now it's our grandson. So you've got I feel for them. <laughs> and your wife's here with you? Yeah. Oh, beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. So um, 
you've uh, taken over Ignite, rebranded it with yes, the yeah, Mother yeah, Church, which yeah. is Velocity. Yeah. Are there other campuses from, uh, uh, so there's one in Hobart, now one in WA. And in Manila in the Philippines. Okay. Actually, there's a number in, in, the, in the Philippines. There's a main center and four or five out centers across the nation. So. And you go to the Philippines as well? Yeah. yeah. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Nice. Kiss me busy. Been a beautiful nation. It is beautiful people. Yeah. Um, Ready to serve, yeah. get involved. They don't whinge much. No, look, I, I think there's a real call on the Philippines as yeah. a missional nation. And, you know, wherever you go in the world, you find Filipinos. And, yes. Um, you know, it's part of their culture and, and ethos to, to move out of the Philippines and go to other places and they well, serve in those places. And, um, you know, many Christians find themselves in, in places planting churches or starting home fellowships and it's great. It is. And uh, I think it's the most Americanized nation in, in Asia. Pacific. Probably would be. I, so, I wouldn't know statistically, but by And that has yeah. helped because the gospel yeah. Yeah. is brought across. And a lot of the American missions and ministries have established colleges and equipping schools yes, yeah. in the Philippines. I mean, Asia Pacific Theological yeah. Seminary, one of yeah. the biggest in Asia. I actually did my master there. Wow. So we lived in the Philippines. Oh, nice. Up in Baguio. Ah, nice, nice part of the world. <laughs> a nice part of the Philippines. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. So everybody yeah. goes there for holidays. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to go back there. We have so many friends and yeah. pastors. Yeah. And, um, in fact, when we go there, quite often we stay at at the college because nice. their accommodation is just yeah, yeah. really nice. That's great. They make good food there as well, so it's a good place to be. Beautiful. So you've uh, been in WA with Velocity for about what uh, a two year? Years. Two years. Yeah, two years. Two now, years now. Yeah. On and off, just flying in, flying. No, out. no. Um, well, we the the plan was originally when we came over, we would spend three weeks here and a week back in Hobart, mm -hmm. and then COVID nineteen hit, and we found ourselves here for um, oh, I God. think it was about ten or eleven months. It was good that you got locked here. <laughs> yeah, locked yeah, we couldn't go back. If there was any homesickness that got dealt with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, go, uh, there was all sorts of great things that came out of that season. Yeah. Um, both both for Kylie and I personally, yeah. um, for, for the church here, but also the church in Hobart. Mm. And uh, I suppose that um, we were intending to lift our hands off it in, in a in a whole lot of ways of the Hobart church. It forced us to do that. It happened a lot yeah, faster. We then. couldn't go back and rescue them, so no. they were on their own and it was either sink They or could swim. still call a friend, though. Yeah, they could. That's right. Plus, quite often they didn't, probably. No. The time zone didn't help. No, well, well even, even <laughs> you could give them advice, but you couldn't bail them out. No. They had to, had to get themselves through it, so it was good. And it was good because it forced you to not intervene not fix yeah, in a way yeah yeah it actually you know it blocked everything yeah. you, you had to do it differently that's right that's right and uh it was a, a massive break because you uh, you just had to stamp the brakes or yeah. COVID did <laughs> that's right we so, found it we found it unusual coming here because yeah. we i think we both landed here um two or three weeks before the lockdown mm -hmm. and so we'd hardly had a chance to meet anybody and suddenly we were sitting in our in our unit, uh, <laughs> looking at each other, going, well, what, you, "What are we doing here? I, we didn't I, move all I, the way I've here." I've in stuff. my house for 30 years, but who are you? It, that's it. <laughs> you know. So, um, but, but it was, uh, you know, 
my my recollection back now now was it was a lovely time. You know, yeah. we we, um, we we managed to navigate through it where the church was concerned, but also um, just a beautiful time of of uh, the two of us spending time together. Um, you know, we're allowed out for our our time in the community to have a walk and exercise, and so we took full advantage of that. And, yeah. yeah, it was a great season. Beautiful. Did you grow up in Tassie? No. Where did you grow up? I uh, grew up in New South Wales in a beautiful part of New South Wales called the Blue Mountains. Okay, just and east, east of Sydney. Yeah. Oh, west, west of Sydney, of Sydney yeah. <laughs> There's not much east of Sydney, Vanuatu, <laughs> New Caledonia. <laughs> it's been very unusual because, you know, we, we grew up in, in the Blue Mountains and everything was west of us. Yeah. And then to come here, now everything's east of us. That's so right. We, we even get confused with which yeah. direction. But, yeah, beautiful part of the world. Um, both of us went to school there. Um, yeah. We met in high school but didn't fall in love until after high school. Your parents were Christians? Parents were Christians on both sides, yeah. Okay. And so you were church as a local child, yeah, in the yeah, local church? Yeah. Um, Anglican or traditional or born Well, again? it started out Baptist okay. and then became Anglicans. Um, That's that, a strange that, journey. That was... <laughs> well, it was, well, it was, was that advancement or backwards? <laughs> don't, 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 I'm not going to put myself in trouble with that sort of comment. But, but it, was, it was probably more, in a good sense, uh, yeah. a, a, a choice of convenience. Yeah. Um, my parents had come into the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the particular church they were in um, wasn't coping, coping well with that. And, but the Anglicans did. And, yeah, they did. <laughs> the, the, That's strange. Um, the Anglican minister reached out to my parents and said, look, you're welcome here. And so um, we, we moved across. It was literally on... What, the Baptist church was on one side of the railway line and the Anglican church was on the other. So we, we crossed over the other side of the tracks, literally. You crossed the Jordan. <laughs> we became Anglicans. And uh, you know, in but both our, my experience growing up in a Baptist church and an Anglican church, um, I believe put some really good foundations in my life theologically, biblically. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, in a sense, when I look at it, God was setting me up for my future in what he called me to do. And yeah, it's been good. Your teenage years in, uh, in that Anglican church, the teenage years, your teenage years. Yeah. Um, up until I graduated from high school. So okay. playing um, sports, what, what, what was oh, your, uh, look, um, time? really probably wasn't a sportsman. I mean, when I was in school, we, you know, played sports like hockey and the like, but um, the Blue Mountains is, is incredible bushland. So, Hiking, yeah, trekking. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, everything from mountain biking, bushwalking, caving. You know, nice. That was, that was our fodder as teenagers. Yeah. Uh, what town were you in? The town um, is called Falconbridge. It's just um, west of Springwood, which is one of the main centres. Yeah. And um, our, our home backed onto bushland. So nice. we literally walked to the end of our garden and, and it turned into bush. And um, and your parents were comfortable with you? Oh, yeah. That was pretty safe. I imagine it's probably still got a level of safety these days, but, you know, um, the world was different back then. Yeah. So we'd get home, toss our bags in the house and yeah. go bush. and Never got lost? Never got lost. Well, you know, you did, might have for a few back. minutes and then we'd work out. 
where, where <laughs> you just had to follow up, up to the ridge top and you'd find a road and pretty quickly find your way back home. How many siblings were you? One of four. Younger, older? The baby in the oh, yeah. family. Okay. Which is interesting. I think um, particularly probably in um, the, the family I grew up in, in the environment I grew up in, um, and, and the birth order, yes. I think it, it sort of produced a bit of a, um, a risk taker in me and, and a willingness to do things that probably my siblings wouldn't even do because I was probably trying to be like them, them and they were older. Yeah. And so, so you kept up. I was pushing boundaries, you know, in regards to that. And, um, yeah, I've, I found that's been really great in ministry and leadership because it's given me a boldness, it's given me a courage and um, Beautiful. You know, willingness to take those risks that you need to take. Mm, nice. Yeah. So you finished high school there and then you went to Sydney? Finished high school and... Um, was going to be a farmer mm -hmm. <laughs> at that stage was not fully aware of what God was calling me into and so uh, agriculture was calling and so went to Hawkesbury Ag College at Richmond yeah uh, which again is uh, west, west of, of Sydney, Sydney yeah. um, studied there and graduated and then went off you stayed you boarded there at the um, stayed stayed on um, college campus for uh, six months and then moved out with friends into a shared house um, and yeah graduated and thought i'm going going farming and uh, stepped into that career did three years as a farmer and loved it in and, new south wales yeah yeah um out, up in northern new south wales predominantly on um six thousand acres of cattle um wheat or wheat farming and um and beef cattle so what were you doing? Were you like a, a agronomist um, or what? No, well, I'm a farmer. So oh, you were working. Uh, there was a yeah. There was a um, um, it was a, a, machinery. a large six thousand acres of a large large operation. Yeah, um, and so worked for the guy that owned that. And, okay, um, so, so labour intensive. Long, so long yeah, days. I mean, lot, lots of a bit a bit of hard work, but but mainly driving machines and yeah, um, yeah, it was good. Loved nice. it. A lot of time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hours, hours. you know, you do um, 10 and 12-hour days. Just on tractors. Sitting so. on a tractor and you'd be able no to. No podcasts back then. Well, not podcasts, but, you know, cassette players yeah, and, yeah, yeah. in the cabs. And, yeah. and, you know, being able to listen to worship music yeah. and listen to preaching and yeah. get away with the Lord and... And not have anybody interrupt you unless uh, two-way radio went off and somebody tried to. Better than TV and uh, oh, yeah. video games. Yeah, and... yeah. actually, it's, it's interesting you say that because I probably through that period watched minimal TV. Yeah, like it was almost non-existent. It was, you'd, the... you'd be too tired by the time well, you yeah, finished. Yeah, yeah, you just weren't interested. Like yeah. it was, yeah, but very much in tune with nature, with God, yeah, with yeah, life. Yeah. yeah. And with yourself, you, you yeah, know, yeah, clear mind. You get lots of time to think when you're out there yeah. on the tractor. Nice. So, yeah. Did you save up while you were there? Yeah. Because um, there wasn't much to spend either. No. I mean, you know, I was, I was young then, so saving up was, you know, always saving up to buy a nice car, car. or something like that. <laughs> weren't thinking too far ahead no, of no. those days. But, but, yeah, no, it was a great lifestyle. And, um, 
you know, the whole area was was full of large farms. And so um, community was really important. And so yeah. people would would gather at each other's homesteads and there would be lots of community stuff happening. And so Were they Christians, those people? Some Christians, some not. So you still attend the church during that yeah, time? Yeah. In the local yeah, town there? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what happened next? So... Um, well, the, the, the funny part of the story was um, I went to back to the Blue Mountains to um, my friend's 21st birthday party, and my friend is my wife's brother. Yes. <laughs> so um, suddenly I, you know, noticed. reconnected with Kylie and noticed that she was not, you know, the year eight, year nine student that she had been when we were at high school. And... Um, so that that started to. So you were twenty one, and she was what? 17? I was yeah yeah twenty one, probably going when when I you know started process into this going on twenty two, um, and she was eighteen. 17. She would have been three years younger, so eighteen nineteen yeah yeah, um, and so we um, I I I did a a job change that that. When I got into it, I thought, no, this this isn't what I was really... signing up for. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I um, it was. I, I actually started to move out of the hands-on farming into yes. a into a role um, in sales and and support. And uh, yeah, it just wasn't me. And so then I decided, well, I'm just going to go back to the Blue Mountains and um, you went home. see see what's what's available, what's <laughs> what's going to happen down there, and. Um, and so moved down there, um, connected with Kylie's church that had always been um, a significant church also in the Blue Mountains and um, was there. Your parents were still there, yeah? No, no, they, they were up in northern New South Wales by this stage. So they moved? So, yeah, yeah. They, they, they moved um, in my last year in high school. Okay. So, um, yeah, so went, went back and fell in love and... Um, started to get serious in our relationship and uh, I was at a youth camp. I was on the youth leadership team. And What church was this? Was this it was the Uniting now? Church. Okay. So, yeah, moved around. Progressing. Um, <laughs> very charismatic Uniting okay. Church. So, yeah, it was, it was great to be in a spirit-filled church where it wasn't um, pushed off to the periphery. Um, and so I'm at this youth camp as a leader and... Uh, Not at Namaru, are you? No, no, I can't remember where it was. We did a youth camp at Namaru. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember where it was, but I, I can. I can't remember much about the youth camp except yes. that I had an encounter with God. I, one of the other youth leaders was speaking, yeah. and of course, as you do at youth camps, you talk to young people about the call of God on their life and yes. what what their future might look like as they respond to the call of God. And all through it, God was doing a number on me. And um, backstory to that had been the church I'd been involved with up in northern New South Wales, um, obviously still connected to that church and friends there, and had heard um, that the church had decided they are going to put on a youth pastor. And yeah. so my friends had, had told me about that. At that point, I wasn't considering it. I wasn't even thinking it. It wasn't on my radar. But... Had said, oh yeah, I'll I'll pray that God brings the right person along that you know, yeah, you get the right right man or woman and and 
things you know start start going great there with young people and and so um, I genuinely started to pray that but I'm at this youth camp and God starts doing a number on me and I come out of uh, that weekend just believing that God's wanting me to put up my hand for it but but part of me is resisting in that process as well so yes. I'm I'm half convinced but you know still not totally convinced so um the first thing that went through my mind is when I tell Kylie she'll just say no because it was 600 kilometers away from where we're living so she's got you know we'd already started talking about getting married and so I thought settling she'll yeah she'll just go so what was it what was the call it was to go and serve in a church yeah yeah. well it was it was to as I said, I was I was partly convinced and partly unconvinced. So I suppose I came out of that weekend camp going, I believe God's putting on my heart to put my hand up for this role. But at that stage, I hadn't been to Bible college. Um, there were all these these um, hurdles. Yeah. And so the first hurdle was I'll tell Kylie and she'll um, she'll react and yeah. that'll be it. I won't go. You know? Yeah. And um, so I shared it with her, and her response was, "Well, if God's speaking to you, you've got to say yes." And um, and so <laughs> there goes that hurdle. Yeah. Um, and so there was no email, you know, in those days or mobile phones. So I, I had to write a letter to the church and say, you know, I, "I've heard you're advertising for a, a youth pastor. Let me show my interest." And um, told them I was totally unqualified for the role. Where was this? In a place called Inverell up in northern New South Wales. Okay. Close to your parents? Just, um, yeah, yeah, close to my parents, just north of Armidale, about a, um, an hour, hour and a half yep. north of, of Armidale. Um, and so I wrote to them, told them why I wasn't qualified and thought this would be, they'll, they'll write back and say thank you, but no thank you. And, uh, and they wrote back. And so where was the ad? I can't even remember whether whether I don't even think I saw it out. It was all because people in the church were telling me, and yeah. you know, so I was getting fed that information. Um, so, because this is like thirty-five years ago. years ago, something like that, um, three decades ago, <laughs> 30, coming probably coming up to thirty-six years ago, um, and so. Yeah, they, they the church responded, wrote back, and said, "Yeah, we'd love to talk to you about the role." And so um, I went up and, and talked to them and they said, um, yeah, we'd love to employ you, um, but you've got to, in the Anglican system, you've got to get a, a, a license from the bishop. And um, I went, oh, this will be my out. Because yeah. the, the bishop knows my family and he knows we're, he's upset. we're, we're Pentecostal and he's, he's not quite happy with yeah. that. And so... Um, this will be, you know, he'll he'll just say no, not allowing this to go through, and and I'll go back to the Blue Mountains and live happily ever after. <laughs> and so, um, so Kylie knew you were going for this interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, yeah. So this, had, yeah, we transpired. Not married time. yet. Not married yet. Okay. Um, and so went to Armidale, which was uh, the the diocesan centre, and uh, had an interview with the bishop, and and the whole interview. 
was around the Holy Spirit. So he wanted to know my theology on the Holy Spirit, what I believed about the Holy and Spirit. And you just spelled it out. So, yeah, did I speak in tongues? All these, all these very did bad. Did you say No, 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 no. Not, didn't go that far. But 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 I literally walked out the door thinking it's got, I, I, <laughs> I could, if, I would have had to have lied to have gotten, um, you know, through this. I, you know, yeah. I was honest. And so I've just, totally done myself out of this role and lo and behold he gave me a license to minister as a youth minister in the anglican diocese of armadale so full of the holy ghost yeah yeah which was a crazy um journey because we weren't in what we weren't in a charismatic anglican church yeah um and so i i walked a, a very close line on the edge um where there was a number of times over our tenure there where I nearly got fired mm -hmm. um, because things happened. The Holy Spirit would break out in, in meetings. And yeah. um, there was one meeting that we were, um, we'd run a, a, a regional youth conference and um, the Holy Spirit turned up on Sunday morning. Yeah. And most of the people in the room ended up on the floor. And um, you know, these young people are having these incredible encounters with God. And um, and so many parents heard heard about the kids ending up on the floor um, and got more concerned about that and, and less about the transformation that had happened in their young people's lives. Okay. And so, um, yeah, you know, there was <laughs> meetings called and should we allow this man to, to lead our young on. people? But um, the, the testimonies were so... Um, real, real, and powerful. That um, yeah, I, I managed to scrape through a few of those those incidents, and and just what God was doing. You know, we we would have um, prayer nights, and, yeah. and and young people, teenagers, would stay up most of the night mm. and and pray, and and um, yeah, just a hunger for the Lord, and and um, we're in a country town of ten thousand people. And um, our youth ministry got up to 80 or 90 young people. Wow. And we were running events in our town hall. So everyone knew what yeah. was going on. Yeah, it was Every, the top of I the I mean, town. we, you know, they talk about 80 people being sort of the average church in size church in Australia. There were many yeah. churches in Inverell that were much smaller than that. Of course. And, and here I was running youth. a youth ministry that size. And we were running events that were getting 1,000, 1,200 young people oh, from, from, the, the, from the area. Villages and towns, um, just seeing God move and and lives changed and you know broken young people come to the Lord. Even and Kylie was uh, helping you. Has so you yeah, so we ten months into me starting the role, we got married and she um, she married the youth pastor. Yeah, she married a youth. She thought she was going to marry a farmer, and suddenly she's marrying a youth pastor. So um, yeah, wow. we we went on that journey together and. Um, so for 10 months you were on your own? Yeah, yeah. And you'd go and visit her and she'd yeah, come yeah, up? Yeah, I, that's exactly right, yeah. How did you pop the question? I, I can't remember. It okay. wasn't very romantic. But you Maybe. did? I did, yes. <laughs> I, think, I think once, once I, you know, it had become clear that the, the youth pastor role was, was, was mine and that that was the destiny that God had for me, I think it became more very pragmatic and well, we've, we've got to decide when we're going to get married and how we're going to manage all this detail because I'm about to, 
you know, relocate and take all our, my furniture because yeah. I was living in a house in the Blue Mountains, take all my furniture north and, and uh, you know, um, we had to <laughs> get very serious and, and organise our lives and um, get that sorted. Nice. So I think the... Um, what was she doing? What was she working? Kylie had... School? She'd gone through... She'd gone through TAFE and done a um, diploma in hotel management and catering. Nice. Um, and so um, she was she was in working at, in, in hospitality um, when when we got married. And she, did we, you get married in your own church or back in? Got the, married back in the Uniting Church in in um, the Blue Mountains. Yeah. You weren't persecuted for that. They didn't persecute you for that. No, no, no. Well, you know, traditionally in Australia, you get married in the, you know, traditionally in the woman's church. So, okay. you know, that was, that so was they accepted all, that. that was acceptable. Yeah. yeah. But, and um, then she moved up with you. And yeah. how long were you leading this congregation for? Um, we were there for almost seven years. Wow. So at about. And your children were born while you were there? Um, our daughter was born six months before we left there. Okay. Um, so we, uh, we felt. We felt it was going to be around a five-year role and yes. it ended up being seven. But but probably around year five, we began a transition where we gradually transitioned. I transitioned out of the role. I was full-time and so I went down to part-time till I was zero. And, you had and we, we brought a young yeah. guy in gradually and did a, a bit of a long transition. No loose ends. No loose ends. And Beautiful. Yeah. When we, and so we got to the end of that season and thought... thought back to the farm. Back to the farm. <laughs> <laughs> the silver lining was still there. Come on, bring it on. Um, and so um, we began, obviously, to seek the Lord as to what the future looked like. And, um, you know, we, we had no idea. Um, if I was going to stay in the uh, the Anglican system, I was going to have to increase um, my qualifications, um, and um, you know I wasn't sure whether that was what God was calling me into. And um, yeah, we, we just were, we were, it, it probably took a two year that that two years of transition to to come to clarity on what our future was, and during that season. Um, we'd had a number of prophetic words that overlapped and um, part of the, the, the word was um, that we were currently big fish in a little pond, that God was going to take us out of the pond we were in and put us in another pond so that we could grow to be bigger fish. Nice. And, yeah, um, and so um, long story short on that transition, we connected with... Um, a guy in what was the Apostolic Church Australia mm -hmm. back then, now Acts Global Churches. And um, is it called Acts Global Churches? Acts, yeah, A C T S. Yeah. Um, Acts of the Apostles. Yeah. Um, so there's still that connection with Apostolic. Yeah. Still biblical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, still biblical. <laughs> we haven't become unbiblical. <laughs> no, no. Um, you haven't progressed that far. No. <laughs> no, thank goodness. Um, and so. Yeah, we began um, doing trips from Inverell over that last two or the, probably the last year um, to Brisbane mm -hmm. and ministering in, in an apostolic church there. Um, 
you know, I'd go up and do youth events from Armadale now, or from where? Yeah, from Inverell, from where we were living okay. in Inverell, um, doing youth events. Um, we're also a musical. My wife's musical, and we'd run a significant worship ministry yep. in the northwest as well. And so we'd go up and, and so every time we'd go up, there'd be this offer: Why don't you come and join us permanently? And yep. we just didn't feel any conviction initially, but I remember. Um, our last visit yes. there, um, I said to Kylie before we went up, they're going to ask us again. We, we really need to, you know, draw a line in the sand. We either need to get serious with hearing from God on this yeah. or we need to say, no, this isn't for us. Yeah. And just that the decision to do that brought clarity yeah. and, and it was a few months after that last visit that we ended up relocating permanently. And, and join in Queensland in, in, in yeah uh, near Brisbane um, or south? in in Brisbane south of the river um, in the Winner Manly area mm-hmm. and so yeah and there was a church established there yeah yeah and you were doing ministry yeah. in the church the ch- or more you uh, no so the um yeah, they just finished just as we arrived they finished a new church building oh nice and so Andy. yeah we we arrived and it was I suppose it was great because we arrived when it was. If you've ever done a, a building project, project, you know, sort of everything goes into the building yeah. and, and then you get out the other side and you have to start to, to do the work of ministry again and build, yeah. build the church, build the kingdom. And so we arrived at the beginning of that phase where it's like, well, we've got our building now. Now it's time Let's to fill it really up. impact our, our community and fill it up. And so, um, yeah, I took on the associate pastor role at that church and, um, wore a number of hats. We were there nearly a decade. Wow. And wore and Kylie is fully involved with you. Yeah. Um, we also had, um, I was only part time on staff. So we also ran a, a landscaping um, business and landscape maintenance business. And okay. Kylie would do a lot of the finance. Um, and you know, I, I sort of oversee the management of it. And you had other guys working. Yeah, had a lot of. Yeah. At, wow. at one point, we had up to seventeen staff, so it became quite a major yeah. operation. Yeah, that's great because it gave you that marketplace exposure as oh, well. Oh yeah. So yeah. you understood that people. Yeah. You know, because sometimes as pastors we can get detached from exactly. the reality of every exactly. day and the grind that people go through. Exactly. It also, I think, one of the things you know, looking back on that season, it it gave me clarity about my call as well because because yeah. i you know i don't i don't feel called to business yes as, as a result of that I, I i clearly there's aspects of it that i i know i'm called to and the, the aspect that I, I i discovered was um I'm, I'm not the i'm not the greatest entrepreneur in the yeah. business realm but i am great at empowering and equipping people and and so we saw lots of people come through our business and 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 earn qualifications and develop their skills and yeah. grow in a, as as people, and we were really good at, at that side of of you know running a business. So it just really confirmed, you know, as we continued in in the call of God on our lives, yeah, more and more into ministry and church leadership, where our sweet spot was. Nice, nice. And how did you end up in Tasmania? Well, we, we um, at the end of our time in Brisbane, I, I'd gone into the role and, and my uh, mantra, as it were, was that 
God's called me here as an associate pastor. I'm here till I die. Yeah. And twice. Yeah. And and I'm not I'm not going to be thinking about anything else or yeah. going anywhere or doing anything unless God clearly speaks to me. Yeah. And so, you know, I was in that role. And probably because of, you know, my my philosophy was probably a bit slow to pick up on the fact that God was speaking and and doing things. And so there 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 became a this this probably deep underlying dissatisfaction, but I wasn't recognizing it was a dissatisfaction. Yes. Um, and so there was a there was, you know in the last year or so there there was a bit of friction um, between me and the senior pastor. Not 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 anything that was relationship damaging or or breaking, but just yeah this underlying tension. tension. Yeah. Um, and it really became clear to me was again a, a prophetic person walked into our world. And she um, prophesied that you feel like you're in a cage. And it was as soon as she said that, it was like, yeah, I, I feel like I'm, there's, there's, there's more, I'm pent up, you know, there's, yeah. there's something that needs to be released. And she said, went on to say, um, you're like a, a bird in a cage and, and God's going to release you. Yes. And you'll, you'll no longer be a second man. You'll, no. I'm going to give your people that you'll call your own. And I'm going to raise you up to be a general of generals and raise up an army to go to the nations. Yeah. And so it was such a profound moment and profound prophetic word. It's really become the the yardstick for my life since then. Yeah. That um, you know I'm I'm called um, to lead a church, but I'm also called to lead other leaders yes. and to to raise up something that's greater than a, than a singular local church. Yeah. And yeah, so that's how we, so, so we, we felt because of the tension. Yes. It was happening. The best thing we could do was resign and, and, and affirm, you know, the church and the senior pastor in, in what God was doing there, but, but basically say our, our time's done and seasons and ended. we'll, we'll move into whatever God has for us. Um, the the shocker was that you know a few days after you submit your resignation, you go, "What have I done?" Like yeah. with all the <laughs> symptoms, <laughs> part of my salary came from what I earned at the yeah. church. All our friends, friends were, now, there, yeah, family, you know, yeah. this is what we've kids. known. Yeah, what kids, do I do? Because our, our son was born. Yeah, um, while we're there, so. Jane was six months old when we arrived there. All his friends. And so at that stage, it was the only church they knew um, yeah. and all their friends were yeah. there. And uh, with, with Axe Global Churches, your credential is connected to your participation in an Axe Global Church. So we were suddenly walking Had away from that church. Up. So yeah. I'm thinking this might be the end of me with, with our movement. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I might get a letter in a few weeks' time saying, since you resigned, we're also removing your credential and we'll yeah. see you later. Yeah. Um, but but God, God knew what he was doing. And um, I think it was probably two weeks after we'd resigned, our national leader rang us and said I, he fully understood why we'd had to resign. Yes. Um, but, he, but, he, but he knew that we were called to lead a church in our own right and, and that they would be praying and looking for the right church to send us to. And nice. so, um, and there was probably a bit Wise of... Wise man. There, there, yeah. I think that phone call Yeah, oh, I did because, you know, 
I was probably sitting over that period of time going, what, what, where? And we had friends in other movements and leaders in other movements that were reaching out, but just feeling, you know, no, that's yeah. not, God's not, there's nothing. They were, they were nice offers, like yes. come and join us and we'll give you a credential and we'll look for a church for you, but just not feeling like that was God speaking, that was just men being kind to us. And knee-jerk reaction, just immediately yeah. um, moving but, to something else. Yeah, um, we also, you know, I recognise because of, you know, what it, some of those tensions that had gone on and the fact that we, we did, you know, fall on our sword in a sense, yeah. there was probably a bit of pain and, and grief that was going on as well. So we ended up having a, um, well, initially a, like a six-month sabbatical, sabbatical. Um, and just kept running our business through that, that period. And then our movement asked us if we'd take on a church in Melbourne. Okay. And so we flew down there and checked it out and went, yes, we'll, 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 we feel this is, this is for us. And, and um, they, our national leadership team felt, yeah, this, this looks good. And so we, we all began to discuss the, the next steps. And the then, terms. Then, <laughs> then it became clear uh, that church wasn't the right one for us. And so, you know, our emotions went up and then our emotions went down. And Lucky you didn't sell the business. We, yeah, we hadn't sold the business. We hadn't gotten around to that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we, um, we then found ourselves, no, we're not going to Melbourne and wondering what that was all about. And um, our, we'd, we'd, we'd taken our kids with us because we thought that would be helpful for them to see, you know, to see. A, and so a heartbeat um, as well. they were in primary school at this stage. And so we um, took them down there and, and, and it was funny um, when we, when we um, first looked at it, you know, they had, they had differing re responses and then when we had to sit them down and say it's not happening, the responses were the reverse to what we yeah. expected. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we, it was probably another two months or three months after that that Hobart came up and it's an interesting story because we, we got a, a phone call about 9 o'clock at night from our national leader. And he, While you were back in Brisbane. We're back in Brisbane still. Um, he said, we're, we're meeting as a national leadership team over these these few days and yes. we've been talking about you guys and the church in Hobart and we're convinced that, that this is the, the one for you. Um, we want you to pray about it, but, but we, we want you to, to tell us whether there's any inkling of this in the next 24 hours. Yeah. Because if, if you're not interested, if Hobart's just off the radar, off the radar um, then, you know, we need to know because we're meeting and we'll, 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 we need to make we'll pray and think about somebody else. And so we didn't sleep that night and we talked and prayed and lay awake and thought. And, and, and so the next morning actually rang the national leader back and said... Fatigued. Well, fatigued, but, but a conviction yeah. and basically said... Um, we'll take it. We'll yes. do it. We'll go. Yeah. And um, he he then went. Oh, have you ever been to Hobart? No, we've never been. To Hobart. <laughs> that's we, why, we that's just feel this conviction. And so he said, "Oh, we better fly you down there to to see Hobart and see the church before 
you lock it in. But yeah, we, we were convinced that this was for us. It was a funny story relative to us being here in Perth now was yeah. after the disappointment of not going to Melbourne and, and before being sent to Hobart, yeah. our national leader had contacted us and said, well, let's, let's, let's put some parameters on this. Tell us where you will go and where you won't go. Yeah. And so we'd said, we'll go anywhere on the eastern seaboard. Yeah. But we're not interested in going to South Australia. Or West we're Australia. definitely not interested in going to Western Australia. Well, no, not a territory. It's not even, you know, that's not, we're not interested in WA. And so um, it's funny to now be here yeah. after well, you making know. those comments. That's why you had to go to Tasmania first. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Um, so, yeah, we, we, we went down to Hobart, met, met the saw the church, met the, the leadership team there. I think I preached and um, yeah, came home knowing that, that this was where we were to, meant to be and um, have wrapped had, up the business. Yeah, yeah, well, that, that didn't sell till after we got down there, but yeah, yeah, wrapping all that up and, and so selling out. Yeah, oh, yeah, and we had a home in Brisbane oh, okay. as well. And yeah, it was a huge move um, across what? Three states to get there. Yeah. So, um, and Tassie, you're still not. Yeah, yeah, we're not even in Australia. <laughs> yeah, you're not. <laughs> and you're so, attached. yeah, I mean, that's Tasmania, Hobart was just, it was seen a, an incredible adventure. It's a beautiful um, place, but beautiful a, a very place. difficult, dark place, isn't it? Um, or not? Yeah, the, oh, the, no, yeah, yeah, well. With all the greenies and it's 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 got its spiritual challenges yeah. and it, it did have its even even the church we took on we discovered had its spiritual challenges and and so even but we would see that it's been this incredible adventure because God um, brought revelation brought revelation to us and in regards to our local church and then brought revelation in regards to our city and the state and um, you know navigated us through that plus you know leading a church and growing a church and yeah um it's been such an incredible journey to see what god did while we were there you know um it's now been that's 18 years ago so 18 years yeah, in so we, we led hobart physically in person yes for 16 years wow and, um we now lead it apostolically um, but yeah, it's and, and it's you, wonderful and to you go raised back. up the the group of people there. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's part of God's faithfulness. We so have you got yourself. You you worked yourself outside work. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, it. Yeah, and and we can like I suppose I'm moving faster now. <laughs> moving faster, but but moving at a different level. Yeah, and a different um, grace and equipping. We feel leadership. we feel we feel really like the spiritual parents. Yes. Um, more than we ever have over yeah. Hobart and, um, you know, have all these young adults now in the church that were kids, some of them, when we, we started. Nice. And we've, we've seen them grow up through the church and, and get equipped and, and um, many of them doing Bible college, um, you know, through we, we've for many years have run an internship program there. And, and so we have this stable of, of young adults that, mm. um are really equipped and so we feel we're at that stage now where we're about to release a whole lot of them to the next season of what God's got for us as a, as a network of churches nice. and 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 just sit back like mum and dad 
um, celebrating what the kids are doing. Wonderful, uh, wonderful. Uh, which is which is beautiful. And this, um, the Unite Church Velocity now, was it a choice for you to come here, or again you were invited to come here? Um, it, it was a, it was a choice. Um, it was the story with that was um, I, I'm now on our national leadership team for our movement. Yes, and so um, when Glenn and Lynn Blakeney, the previous pastors here, um, resigned. Uh, and went back to the States, um, I'd been coming over in a supervisory role um, yeah. over about a six-month period. And um, we'd been looking for a, a, a couple to put in and as a movement weren't finding anybody that, that fit the bill. Yeah. And then um, increasingly each time I visited, felt God just putting a, a burden on my heart for the church. Yes. And so I went to a, a, one of our national leadership team meetings and said, look, um, I'd love to take it on, but we don't have anybody that's, that's ready in Hobart to send across there. Yes. And one of our other national leaders go, who looks across the table and goes, why don't you and Kylie go? And at that point it hadn't crossed my Clicking. mind. You know, I was yeah, I was the apostolic leader in Hobart and that was, you know, where, where we were going to stay. Yeah. And um, I know, I remember there was this moment of, wow, I, I hadn't thought of that, but that could work. Yeah. And our, each year our movement does 21 days of prayer and fasting in August. So mm -hmm. this was just at the beginning of, of, of that. That, that season. And so I said to the team, I'll, Kylie and I will pray over these 21 days because we obviously we need to hear from God on sure. this. If we're going to leave Hobart, yeah, um, it's massive. we want to know that God's speaking. And and so got to the end of the 21 days and had both clear. I'd actually said to Kylie, if if you don't have a, a solid assurance on this, we, we're not going. Um, yeah. And so, you know, in your youthful years, you wouldn't have done that. No, now, no, now. no, no. I've got, <laughs> I've gotten some wisdom over the years, and and now it's more. And and so we, yeah, both felt this conviction, and so um, went to a, um, a a meeting um, at the beginning of September, and said to the guys, yeah, we're we're willing to to go, yep. and. Um, it was a crazy season the next couple of months because they basically l laid hands on us in that meeting to go, yeah, we'll, we're, we're going to pray, or laid hands on me, Kylie wasn't at the meeting, and, and just affirmed that. And then Kylie and I hopped on a, a plane and went to the United Kingdom for four weeks. <laughs> so um, we, we sort of went off, and, and yeah. but, but again, while we are travelling, just that, Deeper conviction. Sometimes you need that detachment. Yeah, yeah. Just so the, is, when we, the attention. When is we there. go back to Hobart, we're going back to pack our bags and um, and head head west. Where next from here? Well, I, I can I can I, I'll tell you what I think, but yeah. I know <laughs> after these decades of doing this journey, God always has you know other other yes. thoughts in mind and. I'm still wondering when I'll get back to being a farmer, um, but um, my thinking is is well, a, you're sowing seed all the time. Aren't yeah, you? yeah. So my my <laughs> well, that, it's been it's been a great 
being a farmer, it's been a great skill yeah. to have in interpreting the scriptures, oh. particularly the parables of Jesus, because you, you know you, you understand them yeah. in a whole other dimension. Um, but um, I'm feeling that uh, over this next year, um, possibly up to two years, we'll we'll um, finish our role here in Perth and yes. and, and install a, a younger couple to lead the church mm-hmm. and and then go back to Hobart but go back um, in an apostolic role yeah. so I won't go back and get involved in the day-to-day, the day-to-day of the church. More equipping, I'll, oversight, oh, yeah. and, strategic you know, our strategies. Heart, our heart is, um, and, and somebody told me recently that this was too small, but but it, it's just it's a goal for us. But we, we feel over the next eight years or so, we'd, we'd like to see us reach a point of 10 locations. So we've got three uh, at the moment, yep. but we'd love to, you know, plant or, um, you know, move into other locations that might be struggling and and do that, you know, up to 10. Um, God, God will probably do more than that. But do you, do you take them... Do you have affiliated churches or do you have like a denomination type of churches or do you work as a network as well? At I'm, the moment, I'm, the three churches that you have. At, at, at the yours. moment, the three churches are under X Global Churches. So Both I'm, in terms of leadership, yeah, real estate, yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, we're, we're open to whatever the Holy Spirit opens for us. You know, one of the things I've learned over the years is that when God speaks, it's 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 very much worth saying yes to it. And at uh, Global, are they a denomination Australia? They recognise as yeah, a denomination? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So, so they've done that a long time ago. Cause yeah, now um, the back in the 1930s, I think, oh, we started off. in Australia. Because yeah. um, now it would be almost impossible. Ca- come, to came it. out of the Welsh Revival. Okay. And... Um, so how what was it? Was it like a... a, a, a Blend of Pentecostal charismatic, or was it more Pentecostal movement? So classic Pentecostal. So um, came out of the Welsh revival. Yeah, um, and and so the way I interpret the Welsh revival, there were um, there were three predominant moves of God that were happening during the revival and post the revival. And so the, you know, obviously, you know, under uh, Evan Roberts. Um, 100,000 plus people got saved in yeah. 10 months. Um, but within that, people were getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. Yes. And, and, um, and so, you know, the, the guys that f- formulated the, the, the start of our movement were, were saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, but then had this incredible revelation around Ephesians 4. 11 to 13. Okay. And back the in five-fold. those days, it wasn't, the fivefold yeah. wasn't popular. No. And so they were seen as being weird when they started to talk yeah. about ordaining apostles and prophets and evangelists. It was like, you guys are crazy. So there are some apostolic churches, but they're not part of your movement, is there? They just. No, well, you know, as God's restored back to yeah. the church, you know, yeah. the, the, the apostolic revelation. I mean, we become, are, I yeah. mean, our group is called the Apostolic Churches yeah. Alliance. So yeah. we are our own sort of. Um, network as well, but it's interesting how it's it happened long before a yeah. lot of the apostolic movement yeah. has taken. Yeah, now it's you know common yeah. common to hear people talk about yeah. apostles and prophets, yeah. and common to hear people talk about you know apostolic expression and ministry. But 
back in, you know, 1904, 1910, 1915, that was, that was seen as a bit of overreach. Yeah. Like, you know, the church back then could handle pastors and teachers and we could handle a bit, a little talking bit of talking about evangelists. But, but that's about but, it. But, yeah, don't go further than well, that. Well, most churches... Actually, I spoke to a, a leader today in Malaysia. I've been invited to speak at their leadership summit. And uh, he said that, you know, Malaysia still, you know, you can't talk about the apostolic and yeah. the Bible in most churches. Whereas it's, I think it's... Now it's become even, even let's say, the larger, the ACC here, yeah. they're more, yeah. they're talking about it and yeah. they're more, you know, embracing. It's God's model for the church. Yeah. And oh, we've missed out. <laughs> I'm on convinced. Of, yeah. Um, <laughs> Because the way I see it, Nathaniel, is that um, because of where I come from, you know, yeah. I'm this mix that's been in a, grew up in a Baptist church, then an Anglican church, and then United. spent a little bit of a time in a Uniting church. That that I I chose to become part of the Apostolic Church yeah. Australia. Yeah. That was a, a choice. Yes, you know, I said yes to God, but I also said yes to joining that movement. And yeah. and um, Part of that was because you know the the revelation I believed in that and yeah. and that's been part of the journey that I've just loved God uh, exposing me to the fivefold and giving me deeper understanding and revelation to that and so one of the unique things we're doing with Velocity Church is 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 creating this double layered um, apostolic. Um, expression where as a local church we're developing the fivefold within each local locality yeah. but also we're we're looking in time to to step that up and create this this um, umbrella and, and interconnection yes. between the locations of of the fivefold yeah. um, you know one of the things uh, theories that I haven't yet had the chance to test but I but I think you know often we hear stories of, of, for example, an evangelist leading a church. Yeah. There, there, a lot of frustration can sit around that. Yes. And, you know, the, the evangelist is frustrated because the people aren't responding yeah. like he wants, and they're frustrated because they get sick of, you all know, the calls. Salvation, <laughs> all the calls. You're not going to get saved once. But I think if, 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 if that existed within an apostolic framework and network yeah. we could say to that evangelist we, we want you to lead your church no question of that but but we want to regularly take you out of your local church and we want to send you to hobart because yeah. they need they need some yeah. evangelistic input and some training and somebody to spur them on so we want you to go there for a couple of weeks or three weeks and just and we, we give you a settler here as well yeah and we're, we're, we've got somebody over here to look after the church yeah. while you're gone and yeah and create, and I think what we're going to see is and the we fivefold. Build people. We build people around yeah. here. We raise up the fivefold. Yeah. The whole thing's yeah. going to lift to another level, yeah. and and so that that's part of what I feel God's doing uniquely with us in Velocity is to create well, this it's, network. It's not, where you're not looking for a a template, you know, saying yeah. unless you fit this template, you can't be with us. Yeah, we're saying okay, if God has called you in this talent, we will raise the other people around you yes. to, to build yeah. this yeah. ship. That yeah. moves on, which is I'm, I'm convinced that every local church, and people might crucify me at this, but I believe every local church, no matter which one of the fivefold it's led by, yes, um, needs a, an apostle to bring input. Yeah. And Absolutely. so, if you're a, if Even you're if an you don't ministry, have it locally, yeah, bring him. And when before I knew I was an apostle, I would um, bring apostles into our church in Hobart and yeah. say, I want you to. 
I want you to release something into yeah. us while you're here. I want you to, and to speak to our leaders, speak to me. You actually ordain pastors and teachers and apostles yeah. and prophets. You ordain the whole lot. We, we, we've, we've, we've pulled back a bit on, on the actual ordination, but we use the language. So okay. we, we, um, you know, we would say that person is clearly an apostle. Just recently we interviewed a young guy um, to give him an, an ordained minister's certificate, yes. a full credential. And, and the question, you know, what do you see yourself as? And he was a bit, oh, I don't really want to say, but I, I feel it like there's, I feel I've got some apostleship in me. And we, we, our response was, no, we want to hear you say that, if that's what you believe. And as he talked, it was clear we through the interview. Yeah, it's through the interview. The way he talked about planting churches, he talked about not just one church but multiple. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could see the apostleship on this young yeah. guy, and so the seed was there. Yeah, yeah. We, but we even the courage that. to say it, you know, back in or in other let's say circles, that would have looked as arrogance. That's right. That's right. But with the wisdom of fathers around you, yeah. it's like, man, call it out. I mean, if he was your son. That's what you'd wanted him exactly, to say. Exactly. I mean, God's looking and saying, "Say it, son. You know, you're <laughs> my it. son. You That's know, like me." And that was my journey. You yeah. know, when I started to feel it, and and some people would say that that's what they saw in my life. I was very hesitant initially to yeah. go, "Hey, you know," but but have come become comfortable with saying, "Hey, I'm called to be an apostle," and 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 increasingly as I've gone on the journey, it's 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 apparent to me. There's there's a there's a timeline on my my local church pastoring, yeah, because God's God's shifting the grace and um, yeah, Beautiful. excited to see what He has in the future for us. Mate, I've learned so much from you tonight, and just the, your Been humble service to to the body, and also willing to stick by with the fivefold and the kingdom mandate and with the apostolic mandate, yeah, yeah. during a process of long you know, suffering in a yeah, sense, yeah. because in in a lot of Christian circles, we are misunderstood. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, I think you're quite content that you don't have to prove yourself to anybody. <laughs> Do you know no. what I mean? You, no. You've got the deep conviction yeah. that this is yeah. biblical, yeah. that you're working out what God has called you to do, and whether people are jumping on board or they're missing out, it's... It doesn't really matter. No, that's right. It's just you gain the momentum and carry on the yeah. velocity while yeah. it's still yeah. day. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Great. Yeah. No, Fantastic. I increasingly feel that. Just yeah. focus on our corner of the world, our yeah. part of the vineyard. Yeah. And yeah. Hallelujah. Let everybody do their job. Thank you. It's Thank been you. a pleasure. What a wonderful story. Uh, this is Richard Guy, and if you'd like to hear more of, uh, from him, Visit Velocity Church, both in Perth and in uh, Hobart. There's plenty of sermons online and podcasts that you can listen to. Um, I pray that this blesses you and you're encouraged, and especially if you are journeying with the fivefold or with the apostolic or with the more kingdom-focused ministry in the season, be encouraged. You're not alone. There are many of us out there who are just humbly doing the work in the trenches every single day. So be encouraged. Come back uh, next week at Kingdom Stories from Down Under. Until then, the Lord bless you. And we value the five stars you give us on Apple Podcasts and any other comments that are positive and feedback that you leave for us so we can carry on the good works here. Bless you. Thank you for joining us on Kingdom Stories from Down Under. 
We'd love it if you would subscribe, rate and share these stories with your wider community. And remember, every story is worth sharing, including yours.